welcome to the Bloomberg Law Podcast. I'm June Grosso. Every day we bring you insight and analysis into the most important legal news of the day. You can find more episodes of the Bloomberg Law Podcast on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, and on Bloomberg.com podcasts. President Trump seems intent on undoing President Obama's signature legislative achievement, the Affordable Care Act, this time in the courts. The Trump administration has changed positions in a federal appeals court case, now saying the entire law should be declared unconstitutional. The Democrats warned that repeal of Obamacare in its entirety would risk making more than 20 million people uninsured. Here's House Speaker Nancy Pelosi. The Justice Department of the Trump administration you think that had more to do, uh, decided not only to try to destroy protections for pre-existing conditions, but to tear down every last benefit and protection the ACA affords. Joining me is Timothy Just, professor at Washington and Lee School of Law. Tim, start by telling us about the far-reaching effects of wiping Obamacare off the books. Well, the Affordable Care Act is well over 900 pages long, and although most of the discussion uh, has been about the private insurance provisions, and in particular the exchanges and tax credits and and provisions for sort of low- and moderate-income Americans, it also includes the Medicaid expansions. It includes a number of Medicare benefits. It includes Medicare uh, payment provisions. And I think it's important to realize that if the if this lawsuit was entirely successful, um, a lot of current Medicare payment regulations would be swept off the books, and it's not at all clear how doctors, hospitals, or even Medicare Advantage plans could be paid. It also includes Food and Drug Administration's authority for approving generic biologics, which the Trump administration has been very supportive of. Um, and many provisions like uh, protections of nursing mothers or posting of calorie information in fast food uh, joints that, that uh, it has absolutely nothing to do with the individual mandate, which is what uh, the law school, uh, the, the, law, the lawsuit it basis is about. Well, let's talk a little bit about that. Um, the specific case before the Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals, just explain the ruling of the lower court judge briefly. Yeah, well, the lawsuit was brought by uh, uh, the Texas Attorney General and a group of other uh, Republican states, and their claim is that the individual mandate was held by the Supreme Court in 2012 to be unconstitutional as a command, but it was only valid as a tax. The tax was zeroed out by the 2017 tax bill, uh, and therefore they argue the mandate is, is now unconstitutional. And then they argue beyond that, that if the individual mandate goes, the entire remainder of the ACA goes with it. And the uh, The judge in the case, Reed O'Connor, Texas District Federal District Court judge, basically agreed with that and held that the entire ACA should be invalidated. Um, Now, up until now, the the, uh, the Trump administration has taken the position that the mandate was, in fact, unconstitutional, but that only uh, the pre-existing condition uh, protections of the Affordable Care Act should be struck down with it. But now they have changed their position and are asking the court to uh, the Fifth Circuit to uphold the federal district court decision, which struck down 
ones that I just mentioned and many, many more. So the lawsuit was filed in a particular district in Texas so that it would be heard by Judge O'Connor, who ruled against Obamacare before. Was his decision an outlier among the courts and criticized by many legal experts? I think a number of his decisions have been criticized by the courts and uh, and uh, criticized by legal experts as well. And frankly, in this current decision, uh, it has been um, um, repudiated by legal experts really across the political spectrum. Some of the conservative legal experts supported earlier uh, attacks on the Affordable Care Act have said that this decision just makes no sense legally. So then it's before the Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals, which is, you'd say, a more conservative Court of Appeals. Are they likely to uphold it then? Um, The Fifth Circuit is, in fact, one of the most conservative circuits in the country of the Um, 16 active judges, only five were appointed by Democrats and five have have already been appointed by the Trump administration. Um, I still think, though, that this case is uh, the decision of Judge O'Connor is such a far out outlier that uh, even probably most of the judges on the Fifth Circuit would reject it as well. Although I think it's quite possible that they may uh, rejected on the grounds like standing, which is to say, uh, was anybody is anybody actually injured by the uh, individual mandate at this point? And if not, does anybody really have any right to sue? So I think there are some ways they could get rid of this case jurisdictionally now, uh, that it, might keep them from having to decide the merits. So now, if they do decide the merits and and they decide that Obamacare is unconstitutional and it goes to the Supreme Court, the Supreme Court has twice before upheld Obamacare and the five justices on the majority, in the majority, who upheld the law are still on the court. So is it likely that they will once again uphold the law? Yeah, I think it's very likely that the Supreme Court would uphold the law. And again, Given the legal issues involved in the case, the technical legal issues in the case, I think that uh, Judge O'Connor's decision is simply indefensible. And therefore, I think regardless of the politics of the judges on the Supreme Court and maybe of the Fifth Circuit, that they will disagree with him on the law. Will you explain why you think his opinion is indefensible? Well, I think the the... the uh, most troubling issue in the case is his ruling on an issue which is called called severability. In other words, when a court declares a federal law to be unconstitutional uh, or provision of a federal law, it then has to decide how much of the entire law goes with it. And in general, that's a question of what Congress intended and also a question of not doing, uh, not invalidating more than is really necessary. And here I think it's perfectly clear what Congress intended in 2017 when they uh, uh, zeroed out the tax, uh, because we have statements by many of the senators saying we don't, nothing else is going to be affected by this. This has nothing to do with pre-existing condition protections. This has nothing to do with the rest of the, the statute. And so 
Judge O'Connor's ruling that uh, the individual mandate is indispensable and the entire rest of the statute should be invalidated if it falls is, I think, simply unsupportable. And also contrary to statements uh, and rulings made before by um, Chief Justice Roberts and, uh, and Justice Kavanaugh as well. Thank you so much. That's Timothy Joss. He's a professor at Washington and Lee School of Law. Thanks for listening to the Bloomberg Law Podcast. You can subscribe and listen to the show on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, and on Bloomberg.com slash podcast. I'm June Grosso. This is Bloomberg. Bloomberg.